In a world with entirely too many shows about cars, this is another pointless automotive podcast. Welcome back to episode three of another pointless automotive podcast. That's we're sticking to is it. That we're referring to ourselves. It, it is. It is pointless. It is another one. This is uh, ep three. Cheers to all the listeners out there. I know. If you're not watching along, we're we're going. Um, we're not living our highest life, but it's close. It's it's just some Miller Lite in a can. Um, it's my garage water. The garage water. Yes, and um, we're at it again. So if you're if you're if you're back for more, thanks. If it's uh, you're just diving in episode three. Thanks for that as well. Yeah, so hopefully you guys got to know us a little more intimately, uh, looking sure. at our car history. Right. Uh, but we're going to get into some topics uh, regarding the auto industry and sure. cars in general. Uh, and it should be a fun time. I think we're yes. going to have a, a good time with yes. some of these. Always lively, always pointless, always very lighthearted. Irrelevant um, as we can be. Yes. Angels fly because they take themselves lightly. And I think we're going to do a lot of that around these parts. <laughs> Not flight. We won't actually be leaving the ground, but we will be taking ourselves lightly and talking about some lighter topics in the automotive world. What do you want to talk about today to lead us off, my friend? All right. I, so I buy and sell a lot of cars. Sure. And I think there's a, an art to writing an automotive sales ad. Yes. And yes, there is. The art is generally lost upon the public. I think, I think a lot of folks have no right listing cars for sale and what they write is just sometimes i know what i have bro yeah this is, this is why bro, I have the, the appropriate price set. yeah exactly appropriate bro. response bro when you message someone you're like well you don't have that and they're like bro i bro. know what i got yeah but anyway we're going to go into some of these specific situations that if you buy and sell cars you have most definitely yes. come across some of these and we had a blast we were just uh firing these off at one another and it was it, it's all true, but it's extra funny uh, mm-hmm. for anyone that does buy and sell a lot of cars. So let's get into that. Absolutely. There's, there's a few different things. And some of them, I mean, we just said, I know what I have. And some of them are almost memes at this point. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I do think um, one that I kind of like to just giggle at because it's so silly. Here's the car. It's a good price. And you, you see the images and it looks good. And you're like, okay. And you're reading down the list. And it says, you know, running, driving car. Or mm. runs great. Yeah. Reliable form of transportation. We just did this work and just did that work and everything. Um, needs transmission. <laughs> right. Or, you know, uh, engine knocking. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I'm going to step out <laughs> on a limb and say that if, it's got, if you've got a rod knock, I would not call that running am i asking too much no and the problem is all of these things we're going to go over are things we see too much that's why it's funny yes because these are all things we see Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you guys are seeing uh i've got a a kind of similar piggyback for my first one yes what do we got so the car listing's pretty positive overall and then it simply says just needs insert part here okay and it will be perfect Car has sat for 10 plus years. Yes. <laughs> You're right. Yes. The part is always like, needs spark plugs, needs fuel pump, needs something that takes like an hour or less to fix. Mm-hmm. Yet the car has sat for Hasn't 10- been registered since 1993. No. 10 years that thing has sat under a tree in someone's backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. It's like, sure. A ran, it's like the Randwin parked, right? How do you still remember Randwin parked in park? 1981? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, I, that one always falls in the question. Uh, if you've already diagnosed the car and you know it's that exact part, why don't you buy the $30 part, part and fix it like 10 years ago, right? 
I'm scared. I think people fall for it and they tow that car home, swap out the part, thinking they're going to have a what a deal I got on this thing. Oh boy, <laughs> can of worms opens up and they're just over their head, right? Yeah, it just sounds funny, and then you get there and you're like, "Yo, you've done the." You look, you look around their place. They've got six other cars, and they've got this full like workshop, and you're like, two donor cars for that exact car." Yeah, right? <laughs> you're not just you're not just punting on something because you don't know what's wrong with it. Like you clearly know what's wrong. You just you just don't want to show your cards. Yeah, and I'm not speaking about the owner that got a high bill and doesn't want to pay it and wants to unload their vehicle. Yeah, I'm talking about a car that's been sitting. Uh, and they make it sound like an easy part fix. Like, just swap uh-huh. this part over. And you're like, the first question is, why yeah. didn't you do this? Yeah, exactly. Right? The common sense answer or yeah. question is like... Overheats, probably needs a radiator. And, like, the oil's milkshaked. And it's yeah, just the like, and you know they know. Yeah, and it's <laughs> another similar one to that. A little bit different, but not mechanically jacked. But, like structurally jacked oh boy where i remember and, and i'll go a little bit down down a road here um back in my more muscle car era um i went and looked at a it was a 1967 plymouth barracuda again there's a theme here um 67 barracuda notch back long story short talked to the guy over the phone i was yeah it's great it runs well got utah plates on it i was like well how is it rest? No rust. A little bit of surface rust. A little bit of surface rust here and there. Not that big a deal. It's like 99, almost 100% rust-free. There's no rot, whatever. Okay, cool. It was like a two-hour drive. So I drive out there, right? And the guy was asking like $1,500, which at the time, restored $20,000 car. Yeah, oh yeah. Unrestored driver, probably a $10,000 car. The paint was wasted on it. Red over white with a white vinyl top. Really cool spec. Go on out there. Um, the front end had been cratered multiple times Boy. to where somebody just like, literally somebody had like welded, like it'd been wrecked a bunch of times. The frame rails were bent. They welded up the frame with just like angle iron <laughs> and the angle iron. And this was all the angle iron was rusting out the Boy. rear floor. You open up the trunk lid. You look this, the bottom of the spare well was so rotted out. They cut it out and they just spray foamed like particle board. Mm-hmm. Where the spare, the floor of the spare well should be. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, the quarters completely rotted out. There was pinholes in the roof. Like it was not ninety nine percent rust free. There, there were sections of the structural sections of the car missing. Yeah, runs that part was straight. The mechanically huh. was as advertised. It was genuinely a parts car. Boy. Just because struck and that's what and that's what you'll see. You'll look at these ads and it'll be ninety nine no rust, ninety nine percent rust free, one you know some surface rust, right? And it's rotted out. And we've got it easy out here. We're in California. We're in the Bay Area. We're in Northern California. Um, We don't. We're really spoiled when it comes to rust. Oh, hundred percent. Which well, I grew up in the Northeast. I can attest. Anything over seven years old is sure. You got rust. Yeah, I promise you, no matter what vehicle you have, yeah. I'll find it. Yeah. Uh, and now here, it's 30 years looking brand new. So yeah. you have to know your stuff. When you're looking at a car, you have to look for patchwork. You have to look for, right. you know, that kind of shady. And they can hide it pretty good. And that's one of the biggest fears of classic cars is classic cars are very easy and they're old. So they yeah. have histories and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of accurate history. Sure. So there's accidents got hidden all the time back then. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just scary stuff, man. Yeah, you gotta yeah. know your stuff. If, take someone with you. Take an older car guy with you, uh, and really dig in. Yeah, and 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 expect to find stuff. 
You have to. There's yeah. going to be things there. It's just like, what are you comfortable with, yeah. right? Because if, if it's like, a good deal, it's a good deal for a reason, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting, but it's yeah. That was one that always got me. Was like the 99 percent rust free. Well, they said 99, <laughs> so that one percent is really 30 percent. Yeah, it's a big one. It's, I'm going to talk about something sensitive: salvage titles. Yeah. So look, I get it. Salvage titles are they seem like a fantastic deal. Mm-hmm. It's a value proposition. You're like, oh my god, it's like almost half the price. Sure. Of a clean title. And it looks great. The yeah. car looks awesome. Paint's perfect. I can't tell it was Might in even an drive accident. Good. Yeah. And then here's the issue is like salvage title. Why was it salvaged is a super gray area. Right. Right. So yeah. We know. And a lot of these cars were salvaged because they were in big accidents. Let's be honest. There's some frame bending. There's some, there's some, so that's my call out is the soft salvage reasons. So yes. it's like salvage title only because the previous owner lost the spare key. And a dog, <laughs> and, and a dog farted in it. Exactly. You know, and it's like salvage, and it's always like the soft reason. But then you look under the car, you can see the frame was bent back. You can see all the 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 door panels, the body panels just don't mm-hmm. align, and it's a it never makes sense because these are cheaper cars anyway. I'm looking at right. So uh, there's not always a clear history, but the salvage reason always makes me laugh. It's mm-hmm. like. It's like some like really soft, uh, here's why it was salvaged. You're good. It's fresh. Just go ahead and drive it. There's so much stuff that gets tried to like whitewashed. And- well, I want to be honest too. Here is, I buy a lot of older, cheaper stuff. Yeah. You know, a car can be salvaged. Technically, two salvage conditions can exist. Maybe it was salvaged originally for theft. Sure. And then you clearly wrapped it around a guardrail or a telephone pole because yeah, exactly. I can see the bent frame. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a super crab walking area. down the road. But yeah, my call out was salvage title cars for some stupid reason that doesn't impact like the actual condition of the car and you look at the car Mm -hmm. and you're like yeah your story doesn't check out so right and and to be fair i've owned i've owned a couple of salvage vehicles in my time Mm -hmm. um and they've been they've been great cars and so there if you know what to look for kind of like what we alluded to before with some of the older stuff that you know whatever gotta look 99 percent rust free with these salvage vehicles you can you can absolutely find a decent car but it's diminishing returns, right? Yeah. Like, what are you looking for? Does resale value, like you're saying? Yeah, it's not going to be there. The one I like is it's a little more lighthearted, but it's you'll see an ad and you go through it and you're like, okay, yeah, um, oh wow, and you're looking at your like uh, for us it would be the Bay Area Craigslist, mm. right? And you go, oh, it's in the East Bay. Oh, it's it's the Oakland area. That's 25 minutes from where I'm at. Not that big a deal. Yeah. There's oh yeah, so, and then you get to the bottom of that. Yeah, the car's actually located in Seattle. <laughs> Right. Um, but like once a quarter, I drive down to the Bay Area. So I figured I'd list it. It's like, oh. so just going to the more expensive market, right? Yeah. Or I actually, yeah, I'm actually in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sure. But, you know, I can get you a good deal on transporting. Man, listen, stop. Like, yep. there's several reasons why I'm looking local to me, not even just ease of coming to see it, but there's a billion reasons why. And so, mm-hmm. like, just. Just don't. Like, yeah. Just find a buyer near you. It's easier for everyone. If you want to sell it to a wider audience and it's a decent car, good news. You've got other avenues to do that. You've got the auction sites. you got whatever. Like, Just That's quit lying to me, bro. A lot of this has to do with transparency and honesty. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, and my next one's no, no stranger to that. Here, here's what you see, right? In the ad. It's, it's a pretty good ad. It's something you want. Everything sounds above the board. I'm there. I'm in. Yeah. And you're excited. You're ready to call or send that message that never gets replied to. Mm-hmm. I haven't had time to smog yet, Ooh. but should pass easily. You yes. get that a lot out here, especially mm-hmm. in any smog state. We're in California. If you're in a smog state, you know how that works. Yes. Uh, so should pass easily. Okay. 
you look at the car, straight pipes, aftermarket intake, <laughs> a tune, and an engine swap. Yeah. Uh, that, that intake, do you have? Is that carb legal? Uh-huh. Do you have the carb sticker? What's that? Like, oh, no. This oh, no not... cats on the car? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I should pass. Exactly. Yeah, I've got cats. them. I've, I've got them, I well, think. Yeah, They're in my garage somewhere. Yeah. I just, yeah. They rattle, but you can yeah. put them on. Oh, it's okay, bro. I know a guy. Uh, not the original I'll engine. Just, I'll just, it's okay, dude. I know it costs like 100 bucks to get a small. I'll just knock $100 off the price. Yeah. It, well, it's a Honda Civic with an engine from a completely different Honda. Yeah, it's got an H22A right. in it. You know, that'll it pass smog. That vehicle passed smog once. Yeah, it's JDM doesn't even have like EGR provisions. You're just like, uh. So true, though, right? They make it sound so casual. Haven't had time to smog yet, uh-huh. but it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, exactly. It's okay, bro. And then, yeah, the, bro, I know a guy. Just like tell this guy that you know me and he'll hook you up. It's like, dude. Yeah, my like hot smog so, guy. Yeah, your hot smog guy. And then it's, <laughs> we're sorry. When you call him, it just doesn't. This is the FBI. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's just. Do you have any more? Because I, I have a bunch more on my list here. Oh, man. I mean, not really. I mean, I, I've got some good ones you can probably definitely comment on. Because I know you've experienced some of these. And as soon as I say them, I'm just going to watch you light up because you've experienced this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them are just like the simple ones. Like the obvious the obvious photos where they're trying to obscure something. I don't oh, mean about like, I don't mean about like the, the, the Johnson covering the, the license plate. So oh my you don't God. See their license only on the crap vehicles, right? Exactly. It's only on something that like nobody, like your identity is not worth stealing. Like don't, don't sweat it. <laughs> well, unless the car is stolen. Right. That exactly. Yeah, the car's hot to begin with. Just take the plates off it. Like you don't have to like, yeah, but like ones where it's just like, you can tell that they're like obscuring the seat bolster. Oh, driver's side bolster is never in, in the, the picture. Exactly, ever in the picture. <laughs> or they're like, they're all these photos, and they're like, but I never saw the headliner. And you know, it's like a model where the headliners are like a GMT oh, 400 yeah. truck where the headliner always is in your face when you're driving it. Yep. Or, you know, um, you know, looks great. Back to the salvage title, looks great. You know, was um, was hit, but everything's been repaired by a professional body shop, and it always says professional body shop, right? It's really, it's really their cousin who does work on the side at it, yes. somebody, and and that's fine. But like, you can tell, like, oh, they never showed the driver's side quarter panel. Like, guess where it was hit professionally repaired oh, every time. And, yeah. and they just go. There's just a certain amount of like cloak and dagger when it comes to the photos. Oh, so much. Um, where you can just like read between the lines and roll your eyes and like, all right, I, yeah. I know what I'm in for. 100% true. Wow. I've got another good one for you. Fire. So one of the most expensive things to do, especially on these older cars, is timing belt and water pump. Yes. It's a very expensive job. Uh, and there's a reason. It's a, it's a often involved, time-consuming job. God, I've so, got a prediction. Can I predict where you're going with this? Let's see. I want to hear your prediction. Is this the timing belt and water pump were recently done? No. I don't have any documentation to support that. There's not a sticker. <laughs> there's not an anything. Or it's... Oh, yeah, well, I just bought it like six months ago, and the guy I bought it from told me all that stuff was done. So you are right on, on point, except I'm going to support it with physical uh, evidence that it wasn't uh, done. Oh, okay. So when I go, being mechanically inclined, I'm looking for the signs that the timing belt was done. Sure. I'm not popping off timing covers cr- clearly because we're not right. taking off all the, you know, all the hardware. Yeah, you're not but, breaking down someone's car in the driveway. Like. Here, here's the ad. Timing belt was done recently. I look inside the engine bay. Drive belts are nearly rotted off. <laughs> timing cover bolts are covered in at least 200,000 miles of road grime water pumps weeping <laughs> yeah. what, how did you possibly did you put the old drive belts back on and how did you get these bolts off and then put that that period correct grime back on it and even if even if you give them all the benefit of the doubt 
I don't trust the person that then did that work if they did that work and put all those old oh, good parts back on it. Yeah, how could you possibly do yeah. that? So that's another big one. I see that a lot because timing belts, usually when people, well, A, people don't know the timing belt intervals, usually on yeah. the cars. And on top of that, they don't want to pay that because it's yep. usually worth the price of the car I'm looking at. Right. So, yeah, especially in the, in the market we're trafficking in, you and I. Boy. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's like the price of the car, right? Mm-hmm. It's so, our it's our own personal like Ferrari engine out for some of the other <laughs> high saloon podcasts that are out there always talking about their oh, their God. high dollar cars and we're talking about tracers and and it's and, a lot of work and, and I'm not and you can't check it a lot of times you can pop off the upper timing belt cover on some models but for most cars even that you're just you're, already, you're just sticking your finger in the wind and yeah. guessing like you, you cannot look at a timing belt and tell you yeah. know, the age but that's that's a common one I do have another one. Yeah. Uh, tell me how you feel, think about this. Let's see. So you actually look at the car. It looks pretty good. Looks good. Everything checks out. Boy, I like this thing. Test drive time. Okay. Car pulls to one side. Sure. Suspension crashes over every road imperfection. Are you talking about when you test drove the SHO when <laughs> I was trying to sell that thing? Or the Galat. But we'll get into that. <laughs> every car you've ever sold me. Of course. Uh, over every imperfection, there's rattles. Yep. All the dash lights are on. Okay. The drive, or The owner looks over to you and says... Never bothered me to drive it like this. <laughs> Every time. No, yeah. this is just how it is, man. It's a reliable car. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so many times. Right? You know, whatever. Like, literally the dashboard Christmas tree. And it's, oh, I, you know. That's come on one other time? Yeah. Oh, oh weird. Yeah. I never noticed. Yeah, but I'm it just like, went away. So it doesn't bother me. Yeah. I put family photos over it. So. Oh, they all do that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's good. Suspension shot. You know, all that good stuff. Um but we joke, Frank has sold me some cars that need work knowingly. Sure. And, and I'm extra sensitive. I know yes. I can feel a tie rod. I can feel a sway bar link. Yes. Uh, and I can feel when a turbo is not boosting. Yes. <laughs> so those things aside, but I'm talking about the person that sees all these issues and just doesn't care. Uh-huh. And then you start driving the car and it's clearly an issue car. And they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, never bothered me to drive it like yeah. this. Yeah. The brake, the, you, you go, <laughs> you take it on the freeway. It feels okay. And then you come off the freeway and it's. Oh, yeah. Or the brakes. The bra- yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. The, the brake rotors are just Good absolutely, they're, they're taco shaped. And you're just. Let's segue into my next piece then. Oh, okay. The last one I have is this quote. And guys, listeners, please tell me you've heard this. Is it a percentage? A nope. percentage point? This is a bold quote. I would drive this car across the country tomorrow. <laughs> yes. So many times I hear that. Um, so you look at the car. Start looking at the drivetrain components and what actually contacts the road. How about those tires? Tires are bald like racing slicks. Yes. One of them is from 2003. The other ones are from 2007. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. All mismatched. You know what's sad? This Miata that's right next to us. Oh, it's exactly one? like that. One of the tires, yeah. and I got to show you, is from 2003. <laughs> it is dry rotted in the treads. The guy swore up and down, I would drive this car across the country tomorrow. One was chunked and had flat spots. like <laughs> It was basically like a Flintstone wheel. Sure. Uh, every tire was a different brand. That's the, one. Like, all I'm the okay. awesome checklist, you know? Boy. Things uh, to avoid. Yeah, like, uh, tires are one of those things. I don't know. Maybe it's a car geek thing, but, like, oh, there's something about, first off, there's just something about buying new tires. It's like a thing, oh, right? Like, so uh, changes the car. Going, getting a new, it's just like getting oh. new tires, look yeah. good, feel good, feel good, drive good. Feeling kind of cute, might put new uh, exactly. tires on today. Yeah, so, like, the, the whole new tires thing, and, and but so many people overlooking this. Yep, there's physically tread on there. We're good to go. And it's just like, and, and similar, and I think I had this in the, the pregame notes, was like another one where you see, especially if you're buying like used wheels online, oh. not so, you don't see it as much with like buying a car, but if you're like buying a set of wheels, um, oh yeah, tires are good. Yeah, they're like 75% tread. 
And you get there, and they're, like, beyond the wear bars. Oh, right, right. Yeah, and you're, like, like how are you measuring? Every time. If they say 50% tread, they're gone. Oh, yeah. They're gone. If they say 90% tread, there's probably 50% life. Yeah, right? Usually, yeah. Five-year-old tire. Tires are a big deal. And like he said, there is nothing like putting on, when you have shot tires, putting on fresh yes. tires. Because, I mean, like I said before, your braking, acceleration, and handling all improved. Well, it's just drivability, like for the E30. Because the, the rear tires on that car were BFGs from, like, had to have been, like, the mid-90s. So the, fr- the fronts yeah. the fronts were old. They were, they were replaced when it was, you know, I think they had 07 on it, which is very old. Yeah. A lot of tread. Very old. Sit, dry though. rotted. It's sad, but they were rotted out. They were know, rotted but out. But this, the, the rears were un... They were, they were cubes. But to have a car that's been driven... Yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole, different, that's a whole scary. different old boy. But let me tell you, though, just swapping them out just on a drivability, not even performance, just straight up go down the road and how it feels, night and day. Oh, it's night the biggest day. thing you can do to your car, uh, no matter what you do for mods, only four things touch the ground. If you're lucky. If, if you're, you're doing lucky. it right. If you're doing it kind of yeah, right. You're dragging bits and pieces. That's on yeah, you. That's um, on you, man. But yeah, I, I, this is one of those things I feel like we could probably just sit here all day and, and, and rattle them off. We've kind of proven the point that I think ultimately it's just transparency, right? I think, yeah, and it is. And I figured it was an awesome point because uh, if you guys are into buying crap boxes and stuff like us, well, we know you're we coming are. across this stuff. Like, you, there's oh, yeah. no way to hide it. You're experiencing this. And we just thought it was super funny. And as experienced car buyers, we can laugh about it. Yes, because we're not gullible. We're going to see it. We're going to see the issues, and it's it's yeah. kind of actually maybe we've been fun. taking a time or two on some of this stuff. That'll oh, be yeah. that'll be another another episode. Oh, but um, the, the the failures and follies of of buying crap box cars. But yeah, it was a good talk. That was fun. I would like to take a second and get into another topic. Um, Let's do it. And and I, I feel like it's it's fun to talk about. I don't know if it's passe because I feel like this is something other people have maybe touched on before. Um, in the world of cars, but automotive guilty pleasures. Ooh. Um, Saucy time. A lot of different ways to go in this. Yeah. Um, and, and let's just let's set one ground rule. There will be no automotive guilty pleasure shaming. Okay. No. Yeah. This is a safe space. Yeah. Um, and as such, <laughs> uh, I want to, and I guess since I'm leading it off, I want to go, and this can be, any, this can be general. This can be very specific, hmm. right? You can be like, I'm really obsessed with electronic parking brakes. You can get that specific. Hmm. You can go super broad, like, you know, whatever. I'm, I just pre-war stuff, whatever, like I, whatever you want to do. Um, Good. I'm going to go with, this is a car that I think I'm going to call an automotive guilty pleasure. I've never spent any real time behind the wheel of one, but I think it would be, actually be a really like sneaky, cool daily okay the much maligned cadillac elr do you remember the elr so that is the version um there was another the the volt yes it's the the cadillac Cadillac version of the volt which was the plug-in hybrid higher price point and it got worse fuel economy right because i think mildly i think it's mildly worse fuel economy it was also a coupe right and loaded though like supremely loaded versus but a Volt. obscenely overpriced. Yeah. It, it was basically a tarted up Volt coupe um, with an insufferable ad campaign. I don't know if you remember the ads. The I ads, don't remember the ads. It was, I don't remember the name of the actor, but he's like the smug dude from, God, what was that awful show that ran forever? Desperate Housewives. He was like one of the husbands on Desperate Housewives. I know this. 
He, How do you know this? Uh, you know what? That's another oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, judgment-free zone. Exactly. Let's, thank you. Already broke, thank rule, you. Already broke <laughs> rule number one. Um, and so it was like him, like, talking, like, breaking the fourth wall and talking at the camera while sitting, sitting behind the wheel being like, like, we're the best people and other people don't understand us. And so we drive the ELR. And it was just, it was just uh, I think they ran it during the Super Bowl, if I remember correctly. Um, and they were, like, deep into the $70,000. In wow. like 2004, five, six, when they came out, and just just an unmitigated failure of a car when new. Um, but now, yeah. fast forward to 2021, um, having a plug-in hybrid when gas is over five dollars a gallon here in the Bay Area right. would be great, especially just running around town. I think it actually looks pretty good. They do look pretty. Um, nice. They look pretty good. They're like a tr- they're like a smaller CTS coupe, mm-hmm. um, possibly heavier. You get probably them in red, and they made because they were such a disaster. So they made them for two years. I had to do some homework because I was like, wow. I, I was looking a couple of weeks ago. I was like, can I just pick one up for not a ton of coin? And were you surprised? I could even guess what the ELR is that I remembered. I mean, I think well, a lot of people. I, I think it's a memorable vehicle. So <laughs> I don't think a lot of the people, tree, my friend. I don't think a lot of people um, share that view. Well, but. because they were they were like twenty five thousand dollars overpriced. It's ridiculous. They were like forty percent over what they should have been priced at. Um, Can we be honest? Cadillac did that with the Corvette and the XLR. Oh, the XLR. Ooh, boy, I'm like an XLR. All right, that's a separate story. XLR V, right? Oh, I would um, love one. Oh boy. Um, anything anything LR gets me gets me. Cranked up, but the um, getting hot in here. Hey now, so the ELR they had to look. So they only sold them in two thousand and four. Okay, two year run and two thousand and six. They skipped oh five. Mm. They had to go back to the. They sold so poorly in oh four. They went back to the drawing board. They added like I think like thirty extra horsepower or something like that. Okay, they basically like remapped it so like you got a bigger like electrical assist. And you ended up getting like it went from like thirty five miles all electric range to thirty nine, and they dropped the price ten grand. Wow! And it sold worse. I looked. I think at 06, I was like, "Oh, I'll get the. I'll just get the 06. They 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 made they sold like five hundred and forty of them or something. Wow! Period. Full, not in like one specific color across in all spec. So serious question, important yes. question. Yes. What are they going for nowadays if you can find one? Yes, good question. So you can get like a reasonably, um, a reasonably specced, I think there's only like three options or something. I didn't get sure. that deep into the ELR lexicon. but Already too deep. Exactly. We're, all, we're already too deep. <laughs> Committed. Mid-shaft deep. But the ELR, so in 04, you can get a good 04, which they, I think they sold like 2,500 in 04 compared to 06. So you find mostly 04. You can get a very nice one with reasonable mileage for like 25. It's not bad. Not terrible. For a plug-in hybrid, um, you can go, if you're in town, all electric, like you're, if you've got solar power and stuff, you're great. What's um, a volt from that period going for? Um, I imagine a little bit less. The thing with volts was they like people cranked huge miles on them. And so True. a lot of them have way more miles to the prices a lot lower so it's kind of it's, it's kind of apples to crap apples it's a little different they're True. not like wildly different but um and then trying to find an 06 they're going for like a, a much higher premium like mm. you can't find them i found a couple and they were going for like low to mid 30s gross like i don't think it's a model s premium. early model s for that money you can you can damn near a, a brand new base model 3 True. for that much money when tax incentives and such so 
Um, that's where I'm leading off. Is my automotive guilty pleasure? I kind of want a Cadillac ELR. That's awesome. Don't dare talk me out of it. Didn't see that coming. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No, I'd have an extension cord waiting for you when you come. Let's over. go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so mine is, uh, it's a guilty car pleasure that I don't hide at mm-hmm. all. It's that I am obsessed with the Econobox performers. Sure. My God. I, I, you know what? I have a Porsche Cayman S that sits out there, but you don't, you don't know it because I hardly talk about it. No. I talk about my Tracer LTS Tracer, more, baby. Escort GTS, Taurus yes. SHO. I, I want these Econoboxes, mostly from the 80s and 90s, the performance variant. Yes. And I get excited. I get excited that it has factory optioned body cladding that makes it look more sporty. And love the stupid you, stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, look at that spoiler. Ooh. <laughs> An extra 20 horsepower. Ooh, right. a dual overhead cam engine right. dropped in that little turd box. Ooh, the, the, the model call up, the badging on the side where it says twin cam is oh. outlined in red. God, I love unique oh, badging. Boy. Yeah, you know my soft spot. So yeah, I'm talking about Escort GTs, Cavalier Z24s, <laughs> Tracer LTSs, the show, the Neon ACR. Those standard cars that everybody knows and that were throwaway cars. And that's going to be my next point. So the reason I really like these cars, other than just I've always been around them, always loved them. is Finding ones that weren't thrown away. Find, and that's what it is. It has to be so, it. But the thing was, these were like, they're for fantastic performance cars for sure. their times. They actually were up there with much more expensive cars, but they're bargains in comparison. Right. Right? Like, yeah. they're, they're nothing now. These cars can be scooped one to $2,000. And you know what's really funny? You take that same exact formula and stick, like, a Volkswagen badge on it and oh. call it a GTI. So much and more money. And it's literally a 1,000% premium. Insane. Right? And, and the performance is there. And reliability often, too. Because some of these... 323 GTX. Oh, be still oh, my heart. Oh, gosh. We're almost there. Yeah. Um, but, uh... So and the other thing I like seeing this is like people also love them because yes. people, when I, when I show a video of this obscure, like Econobox performance variant, mm-hmm. everybody's like, boy, that was one of my first cars. That was my second car. I had one of those for 10 years, loved it. Yeah. And I just love it because those are like genuine people that remor- remember that. And they love to see the restoration because these things aren't on the road. They, you, they're not. Yeah. You're, you're not yeah. seeing I these. I haven't seen one of those in 15 years. Ins- yeah. Insane. And that's our last point. It's kind of what we've already been talking about is that these are incredibly hard to find cars. Like a lot of these I buy, I look for, for like five to 10 years mm-hmm. and I search the countrywide. I've definitely bought sight unseen and have them shipped to me. Uh, they're just so hard to find because they were throwaway cars. Right. Like no, these cars were awesome when they're out, but there was no like historical value. There wasn't any reason to hold on to it. It wasn't significant. People just threw them. Your Oldsmobile Cutlass 442 with the quad four engine from like 1990. They're all you gone. Know, they don't exist anymore. None it's, of them. When's the last time you saw Cavalier Z24? I, yeah. Suzuki Swift GSI. It's rarely, right? And when yeah, I see it. was GTI, I think. Either yeah, way, it was, regardless. It was a GTI that had to drop the I after the first model year to GT. Ah, you're right. How do I okay. know this? Because it was GT stuff. with the lowercase I. Yeah, it was and then super they swapped, cool. But they, even then, they, the GT was still worth it. Yes. Um, it's just, but these cars, when they pop up, I instantly reach out. The owners think I'm insane. And everybody that knows me is like, what is wrong with you? It's a $1,200 car. I'm like, I need this. Yeah, I so, need it in my life. <laughs> Don't try to get in my way. Um, <laughs> so they're just throwaway cars. So they're, they're right. actually rarer than rare. Uh, which is incredible. The number production numbers don't matter because they just don't exist. Sure. Yeah. They're not on the roads. So yeah, it, it's, cool. it's a lot of fun. And, and I, you're, you're speaking my language. Uh, you know, there's a lot of that. It's, it's, I guess I'm, I count, count me in on the, 
econo performance econo box guilty pleasure because that's not Good. on my list but it should be because i i I'm right there with you. I and think that's all the same deal. It, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. And just for rarity, you can't beat it. Um, when people know what it is, they love seeing them restored. It's just, it's like, it'll catch my eye. If I'm at a car show and I see like a poop crap box, little turd performance version in mint condition next to even an expensive car. It's like that little turd box gets my attention. Is that a Chevrolet Citation X22? Who keeps oh, that? Oh, no. Who restored that? Yeah. You know, who put 40, uh, 50 hours into this car that's worth two, two, 2,500 bucks? Yeah. The, it's best day ever. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, so I'm a fan of that. Can I say it? That's my number one guilty car pleasure. Oh, boy. Um, so I've got a couple other ones here. I'm going to mm-hmm. leave some by the wayside on the, on the sake of, for the sake of brevity here, but I think um, I'm just going to go with this one. And, and we touched, I, I spoke on it very briefly on the project car update from last episode, but the Lexus ES, mm. um, fancy Camry, it's a fancy Camry and a Camry. I, and I've told people this before. The third generation Camry is the best vehicle ever produced. Year range. What's the year range? That's the 1992. To 1996, I think was the last year. I feel a soft spot for 99. That's but. well, that's 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 the next generation. I'm talking the one generation before because yep. it had it was mechanically pretty much the same as the <clears throat> 98 to 2001, which were bulletproof. Which were bulletproof. It's that exact same drivetrain. Yep. Same V6, except the early, except for the first year, I think 92 and maybe 93. You can get a six cylinder in a coupe. An SE trim with a manual. Get out of here. Same with the ES. The ES of that same era. No. You can you can get a six cylinder five speed manual sedan ES three hundred. I'm not going to bring my phone out and start looking on marketplace. I'm telling you. No, but I'm not going to look on marketplace. They don't exist anymore. Who's buying a Lexus ES with a manual? I would immediately. Sure. But like new in in 1992, the first year of the ES 300, because before that was the ES 250. We're not going to talk about that. And Lexus made very few manuals. Like the IS 300 was their last manual. Correct. And they had very few. The early models, the LS 400s, were all. You know, you can get you know you can get an ES 250C with a manual. You can get the the hardtop convertible IS 250 with a manual. Oh, the IS 250s. IS 250. That engine was not cool. It was not cool, but. That hardtop convertible two-door of the manual. That's pretty, pretty slick. Neat. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Anyways, the ES. The ES line of cars. Really pick any generation. Um, it's a Camry, which is already really just a good-ass car. Amazing. Um, and then make it a little nicer, a little more upscale. If anyone... Mm-hmm. You know, the rub on it now is gas is getting more pricey. So, like, having a, you know, a V6... Yes, like, with like low 20. to mid twenties, right? Yeah, yeah, 22, 23, 24, 25. For two hundred horsepower, two hundred, right around two hundred. Sure. Degrees. Yeah, I think it was one ninety, and then it became two fifteen in like the three thirty, and then yeah. when you got to the three fifty, you're you're up in yeah, V six camera. You know, what is that? Two eighty six, I think. High, yeah, almost three hundred. Um, just just a good good car. Like anyone asked me, like, hey, you know, I just need oh, something man. that's comfortable. It's got a good back seat. It's reliable. Lexus ES all day. Yep. All day long. Um, it's easily, the, it's not at all a sexy car. Um, it has no sporting pretenses. And if you can find a second gen ES, oh you get that, that ES 300 with a five speed manual. Something you are, you are doing something right. I think that's cool. like about the, the, the daily perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say my hot take. That's good for the next one, but I'm, I'm going to let you get in. 
get in where you fit in. What's your next guilty oh, pleasure? That's a great one, man. Um, so yeah, for brevity, because we have a couple other things I want to hit. I want to talk about one of my guilty car pleasures is obsessive cleaning. Okay. And okay. Would, and here's the reason. And so I'm we're, doing, we're doing meth now in addition to PCP. I mean, we're yeah. really getting into the cleaning really? with a toothbrush. And I mean, that's not even uh, an overstatement. Sure. But, uh, so not even just the interiors. Okay. I am a huge, every time I buy a used car. Okay. And we are talking 30-year-old cars average. Scrub a dub dub. Engine undercarriage. Do you guys know what the undercarriage looks like on a 30-year-old car that probably that you bought for $1,000 to $2,000? Unkempt at best. Yeah, you got a good inch thick oil slick uh, and some of the worst grime from when CV boots tore 20 years ago. You pulled that like um, grime encapsulation device, the lower shield. Oh, the, the cover? The, yeah, it weighs yeah. like 30 pounds. Uh-huh, it just hits the deck. The congealed <laughs> grease. And sticks to your uh, floor. So yeah, that's my thing. And there is a reason. A, I, here's the other thing too. And I'll get into the second part of this. But is for, for my diagnosing of these vehicles, cleaning up all this old oil spillage and other uh, dirt and filth mm-hmm. is a good way to see what's currently leaking. Right. So it, it is for purpose. Yeah. And absolutely. And immediately you can see where fresh oil is coming out. So just as a mechanical uh, strength, that's what I do. Right. But to be fair, I scrub under timing belt covers. I scrub everything and no one's going to see that. The next owner is probably not even going to see it because they're going to no. take it to a shop. And that's like 60 to a hundred thousand miles away. Right. Sure. So, the reason I do this is completely beyond me. I don't know why. <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should like make your own little like calling card and like tape it on the inside of timing covers and oh, stuff like that. So yeah. people get in there and be like, service by Chad. I want to see what a shop does when they have to go after one of my timing belt jobs. And they put like a hashtag like, on there Lord. and see if it ends yeah. up on like Instagram when it. And I put it on my videos and it, it's insane. It's, and the thing is, it's like a day to two day process sure. to clean an undercarriage yeah. of a car. So that's, I want to put that out there. It's one of my guilty car pleasures and I actually love doing it because when you crawl, for me, especially as someone, when I look at cars or when I get a car in the shop, I get under there and I start looking. And if I start seeing it like sparkling clean, that's, it never happens. Right. But if I do see where something's been cleaned up, that's nice. I like that. Somebody cared. I'm talking about actually got in there and cleaned it with a brush and Mm -hmm. I gotta say it guys. I know. And I don't do it for anyone else's purpose because they're not going to see it. It's just one of my guilty pleasures. It lets you sleep at night. It does. Mechanical sympathy. And more than just like not beating on a car, but like looking after it and shepherding it. What if I'm at a car show and the timing belt cover falls off and the car's up in the air (gasps) and everybody sees disgusting, you know, conditions. I can't live with myself. Yeah. Back to you, sir. Well, I'm going to go, um, so we don't go run super long like we're prone to do here in the early days of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, APA podcast. Uh, I'm going to save my hot take here. This is going to be my last one on the guilty pleasure. Um, feel free to mock me openly. I will give you license on this one to shame me. Sure. Um, I kind of like the new M4 Pignos thing. Oh, okay. I kind of am okay with it. Oh, thanks I- for joining us today, guys. <laughs> Like yeah. I, I hear me out. Hear me out. Um, it first came out. I was very much like, there's like I thought it was like April Fool's Day. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was it was that, um, just not good. But I've stared at it more. I've seen some in person on the road. Yep. Um, I've seen everyone's you know take on it, which is very much warranted in that it's it's atrociously ugly. Okay. Um, and I've kind of settled in with it. I've made my peace with it, and I think it's actually kind of, handsome is not the right word, mm. but 
in a world of, you know, the new WRX comes out and the new Integra comes out and all these cars, everyone's like, it's so conservative and they took no chances. And, um, you know, they, they took their shot. It's out there. It's out. Like people are talking about the car. A lot of ways people are not talking great about it, but you know, the outgoing M3 was i think too conservatively styled it was conservative with some like splashy stuff stacked on top of it You're like carbon lips the, and, and the very last one the twin turbo correct so. yes um the eight cylinder powered e91s are pretty conservative looking too those were good but that was a handsome car oh, it, especially yeah, we always look forms. back fondly don't we yes but that thing i also think had a screaming v8 and it had a lot of other stuff and I think knowing those things are underneath Make the car look better sometimes, but it was. But I think we're. I think fast forward fifteen twenty years from now, I think we will look fondly back on this current pig nose creation. The beaver teeth. The beaver teeth. Can I? But if I open that garage door right now and you turn around and you look at that E thirty, yes. Oh, it's a good, it's a, it's, a, it's a handsome, stately, compact car. The, those kidney grills, that four headlight design. God, that was BMW prime. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in the category of um, fast forward back, fast forward, rewind back to, what, 94? When, Do- well, I'm going to go a whole different animal. The Dodge Ram okay. came out, and it had that big cr- chrome cross grill that was very polarizing at the time. Because sure. trucks were very boxy. You had the GMT 400. That's you right. had the uh, Chevy. You had the, uh, you know, the, the squared off F-150, and then this showed up. It looked like a miniature big rig, had this huge thing, and it was, it, at the time, Dodge had like 0% of the market. Right. Um, and then this showed up, and like 80% of people thought it was awful. But yeah. 20% of people thought it was incredible. And their market share at the time was like 8%. So you took an 8% market share and got 20% of the population that are shopping for trucks to be all over it, mm. and you just, you just absolutely grew your market share. The M3 is not that car not that in that market position the m3 is kind of the standard bearer yeah m3 m5 m4 i should say they're changing it all the time whatever the m4 so it doesn't need to make that kind of a move but they did and i think it's going to age better than like the bangle butt i think it's going to age better i think it's going to age better than the previous generation m3 which i think was too conservative Probably mechanically and aesthetically, but definitely aesthetically. Yeah, there wasn't and a so, separation between the standard 3 Series and the M car. Right. Yeah, I, I think agree. in 20 years, if you say, oh, I've got a 21 M4 Comp Coupe, somebody's like, oh, is that the one with the, that's the one with the nose. Oh, I haven't seen one, you know, whatever. I think, I think there's merit to that. I'm actually kind of fond of the nose, and I think it's, my, I will enjoy it. I'm going to put it that way. That's my hot take. stance, man. That is my hot take. I think it's going to be short-lived. I just want to say, like, sometimes these designs come out. Yes. They're fiery, they get attention, and then they go back. Oh, no, so, there's, going to be, there's going to be a, mid, a mid-cycle refresh. They're going to die with that. For sure. Yeah. It's going to be two, three years max, and then it's going to have a refresh. And I it's mean, going to get... cars are just grill anyway. I think Audi started it. We're big on it. And then the Lexus, Predator, Ma, and all, sure. you know, all your standard stuff. It just grills are getting insane because the amount of cooling we need with modern cars. But Right. Um, Which will just go away again here when stuff starts trending electric. But uh, RIP. Rip. Hope that doesn't happen. But okay, that's all I got. That's all you that's got. All I got, man. We should quiz you first. We should get. Well, we'll I'm going to get roasted again, and I'm probably not going to guess it correctly. But we're going to see. You have an opportunity to redeem yourself. 
I picked one today of our quiz show, which um, still we are still looking for ideas for the name of the quiz um, of the automotive um, print copy ads from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And today, oh boy, today I've got I've got a fun one. Really? Are you ready? What do you think the over under is on me guessing it? I'm going to go 50 50. I'm going to go 50 50. I think you got a coin flip. I think you got a coin flip chance here. All right. Okay. Uh, again, I'm going to try and not read the name of the, the maker it's model here. so hard. So it shows a picture of the car in the upper, like, two-thirds of okay. the ad, right? It's there. There's a, um, a very Caucasian gentleman driving it. An albino? No, no. <laughs> he's just very, he's very uh, let's just say Teutonic. <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, and don't read into that as, like, who the, the manufacturer is. It's just, just know that. And then it has a caption <laughs> at the bottom of the photo that says, when you live in the fast lane, it's nice to be quiet about it. Imagine, if you will indulge us for a few moments, approaching a stoplight in a blank, almost silent, certainly serene. You glide to a halt next to one of those European freeway flyers that seem to consider decibels a necessary accomplishment to horsepower. There may be an inquisitive sidelong glance in your direction, but no more than that. Blank is not an automobile that garishly promotes its performance. Hmm. It possesses a quiet elegance which only hints at the potent 151 horsepower, 24-valve fuel-injected V6 power plant that whispers beneath the hood. The light turns to the magic color. And then, with a 0 to 50 time... (laughs) Of 6.1 seconds. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not stacking the deck here. With a 0 to 50 time of 6.1 seconds, you treat your acquaintance to a close look at the blank's aerodynamic rear deck. Quietly pleased, you continue swiftly down the highway. You bask in the silence of precision. 62 decibels at 55 miles per hour. You enjoy detail-perfect ergonomics. You luxuriate in the kind of comfort that only comes with a car designed around the driver. As Auto Week says of the blank, it's as good as it gets. That has a date that I'm not going to read. This is the only one true precision-crafted touring sedan that demonstrates performance doesn't have to be noisy. That quiet does not have to be slow. This is the blank, the automobile that breaks the sound barrier. Test drive the blank. It's currently available exclusively at your blank dealer. Call 1-800-2-BLANK for location dealer nearest you. Hmm. Blank, precision crafted automobiles. A division of blank. The floor is yours, my friend. Oh, boy. This is going to be a challenging one. Uh, the hydrogen fifty. I thought this one was a, a shade challenging. However, just the, the print copy was fantastic, so I had to read it. It's really good. Uh, again, very uh, good imagery there. Puts mm-hmm. us in puts us in the seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was thinking hybrid at first with all the quiet references and coming to stop, but I know that's not going to be the case. Right. I know we're dealing with a twenty-four valve V six, mm-hmm. possibly inline six. Uh, it says V6. That's right. Okay. 24 valve fuel injected V6, 151. That's not a big number. 
Not a big number. Does not tell you displacement. Zero to 50 time of 6.1. That's weird. So it means the zero to 60 is probably seven something, eight something. <laughs> either that or either that or it's geared. It's geared in a way where like it shifts at like 51 miles an hour. So like it, it just tanks to zero to 50. So they put the zero to, zero to 50 instead of zero to 60. Up there. Oh, of course. Then Auto Week mentioned it, which is awesome. As good as it gets. That's 62 decibels at 55 miles an hour. In case you're up on your decibel scoring yeah. for all the. I wish you would have mentioned if John Daly said it had enough uh, gauges or not. Exactly. That would yeah, if he was complaining about how the stereo controls are too low on the binnacle. So this was mentioned as a sedan at a time when sedans had four doors. Yes. So I'm putting together the pieces here. It kind of threw shade at noisy European competitors. Yeah, not a year. Yeah, I picked it up. It's, a, it's definitely American or Japanese. Sedan, 151 horsepower, 24 valve engine. Ah, they talked about the interior being pretty nice, which everybody did back then. It didn't matter sure. what the actual <laughs> interior was turned. Perpetual, per, uh, proponently, it can hold five full-size adults in the rear. So I got that. I got that as kind of a larger vehicle, too. It's, but this is tough, man. There's not a lot of technical specs, right? I got the engine. You got the engine. And it's a four-door. And that it's a, a four-door, and it has a, everyone knows, a zero to 50 time. Right, but um, I don't have, like, suspension layout. It's apparently or... very nice. <laughs> Just on, on the this is so there's deep, not a lot of technical detail stuff. perfect ergonomics so emphasis on quiet mm-hmm. unlike those European freeway flyers get off my freaking lawn so I want to I don't have an exact model yet okay but uh um I'm thinking it's going to be one of the the uh, luxury Japanese brands so I'm thinking yeah. Infinity or Lexus because I I think Lexus or Infinity talked about quiet, high-quality builds. Here's where I'm going to get lost. Is I don't know which one came with the 150. It'd have to be one of the... Uh, were they the Q, the Q ships back then? The Q... What was it? 45? Q45 was an automobile. But there was also like the I-30. There was the I-30. You had the M-30, which was the coupe and convertible. Those two came yeah, later, G20. though. The, the G20. Yeah, the, the, initial, the initial Infinity launch was Q45, um, M30, the Coupe, not the later sedan, but the super boxy, the, the, that's a Nissan Leopard in Japan. Right, and then the P10 G20, right? The, the P10 G20, and then shortly after Which launch, is you had the J30 that's and right. the I30. The I30 was a Maxima. The J30 was rear-wheel drive. I think I'm barking up the wrong tree, though. But um, can I go for the and this horsepower number is so low for a V6? It's got to be. We're talking early '90s. Um, it actually does not list the exact year. That's where I'm at. So let me just throw a guess because I'm putting too many. Uh, sure. Clues sure. Let me go with one of the initial Infinities. Let's go with the. Uh, we'll go with the Q series. It is not the Q series. And just so you know, the Q45 is a V8. It's a four and a half liter V8. Is that the only Q they had? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Only the modern day marketing nightmare that is Infinity oh, is, yeah. is Q every, everything. Yeah. Q. Back then, the only one was the Q ship was the, the, the flagship model was the Q45. Because it had a 4.5 V8. The 4.5 V8. Yes. Good. Well, that's where I started. So I'm. Um, but you are, you are um, for your hint, I will say you are absolutely um, in the right market. As far as um, Japanese yep. and upscale. Yep. 
So you are, you are, you've got that pinned. Which takes us to Acura, Infinity, and Lexus. And, and Acura was, and I left Acura off, I shouldn't have done that. Acura was the first of the luxury Japanese rebadgers. Yes. They came before Lexus, which is shocking because I always thought Lexus came first. Infinity, Lexus, same year. 90? I can't remember what they, 89? I think it's 90. Same year, they both 90. launched, but yeah. Acura beat them to the punch. Because Acura was 86, right? With the first, uh, it was the Legend was in there first initially. Legend. And the Integra, Later, I think they, I think they co-launched, and the then you had the Vigor. Okay, I don't want to get too far in the weeds here. Yes. Let's take a bet. Oh, Acura. Mm. Oh, boy. You know what? Let's go with Acura Legend. Okay. Because that came with a brilliant V6. Imagine, if you will, indulge us for a few moments, approaching a stoplight in an Acura Legend. Get the hell out. That's it. You got it, my friend. Boom. Awesome, man. The first-gen Acura Legend. There's not a, um, a year on this. I'll turn this around. How about it that? Is, it is the first-gen yes! Acura Legend. But God, they think it came with looking. the 2.7 V6. Right. Or was it even, you know what? I think the first year was a 2.5. I think it was a, for the first year or two, it was a 2.5. And then it went 2.7. And then it went to the third-gen, which was the 3, three liter and then 3.2. Three, three, and then the 3.2 came in the S version, uh, the Type 2. Yeah, the Type, type two, 2. You could the get, type two, the you could get a Legend Coupe, six-speed six manual. Oof. Yes. Wow. Gen, Second guess. Acura Legend. Second guess. You had another guess to go. Woo. I would have blown it. I would have blown it. I thought, you see, with that low of a horsepower V6, I thought you were going to go like, no, I thought you were going to go like Mercury or something like that. Because those, those mid to late 80s American V6s were so so down on power. That's true. And yeah. It, it just said 24 valve fuel injected V6. It didn't say twin cam. It didn't say import. It didn't say anything. The American ones had larger displacement ones too, which was a sham. Yeah. And it doesn't, and but that's different. the thing. It doesn't say displacement. It just mm-hmm. says 24 valve V6. So I thought you were going to go, well, I mean, the 24 valve is kind of a, kind of a, a lead away from that a little bit. Yeah. But I thought, like, you, I thought you were going to go like Taurus, Mercury, Sable, or, or um, Lincoln wouldn't have had, could, I don't think we're any V6 Lincolns in the era. Katera, um, maybe. Well, they had the the Buicks had the three eight. No, not yet. Yeah, yeah, they had thirty eight hundred. Yeah, they had a thirty one and thirty eight. Um, yeah, but the, with the low horsepower number, I was like, oh man, That's he's, he's going to think he's going to think it's American. Can you believe I nailed that? Dude. You got it, my friend. Our first uh, well successful print ad quiz. Right. What a car that first gen legend is, though. I, they look so good too. Those are just real, super handsome. They've held was, up incredibly and they well. And even the, the subsequent generations also looked good. Really? What a car. Like yeah. the seats were super comfy. The interior was nice. Just good. And, and it even says, it even says, enjoy detailed, perfect ergonomics. Yeah. Erg- ergonomically, they were super sound. Damn, All the stuff, yes. good touch points. They were just good cars. I almost forgot Acura until the end. I, I know like, you I did. You said, you said Lexus Infinity. I was like, oh, right there. Yeah. Awesome. Well man. done. Well done, my friend. Thank you. Well done. So we've got, we need to keep a leaderboard. Oh boy! So you're the, you're the no, leader right we're now. Do, when someone gets ahead, we'll switch to more difficult ads. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So I, I've got some in here that are like unusably difficult. We'll right. That was a good one. That. I think that could have tripped a lot of people up, though. It, yeah, it could have. It could have. The, the fact that you went straight to Japan saved your bacon. Yeah. Um, That's my which, spot. Should we talk about the? Should we talk about PCP? You want to do some PCP, man? We should do. P- hey, man! I know a guy. I can get you anything you want. Get you that PCP, that Project Car Progress. Progress. Yes, sir. Um, but uh, oh, well, you went last. You went first last time. I'll go first this time. Yeah, lead the which, dance. Um, my progress is I've had to order parts. 
Um, believe it or not, a 1982 924 Turbo does not have a lot of parts at your local parts joint. Shocking. Your, yeah. Your O-O-O O'Reilly's has no, no, no 924 Turbo parts. So I, what I did was, um, first off, uh, I've got the stuff to do the timing belt. I've got that. But um, the valve cover is a little, little skunky, and so I was going to pull it off, mm-hmm. scrub it down. Um, I've looked at photos all over the place online to see what it was originally painted because it's just got some paint flaking off. And it looks like they were just like bare aluminum. Okay. So I might just, I might just scuff it down and, and wire wheel it. Yeah, exactly. And just call it done. I might paint it. I'm undecided. Hmm. Um, I'd like to go back to whatever it was originally. So I'll keep doing some homework there, but I'm not going to yank it until I've got a new valve cover gasket kit. Yeah. So, um, Pelican parts, the whole $9 or whatever to get a valve cover gasket kit. Um, and then also, in order to from in order for me to do those fuel injectors, I had to pull the charge pipe. So there's a charge pipe that goes between the throttle body, and it's not intercooled. So it literally just crosses over the valve cover and then down to an up pipe coming off the turbo. Gotcha. Um, and there's a gasket there. It's a very specific gasket on obtainium. There aren't even the, what was FCP the Euro doesn't have it. Um, it's like a paper gasket. Oh. Um, but it's a hot charge pipe stuck on a turbo and it's between two aluminum pieces. Someone probably machine. makes a metal one. Someone probably manufactured one. I've, I've not been able to find anything. Just not the only thing you. I can found. Yeah. Well, I was able to find one. Yeah. Um, but it's on order. It's going to, it's not going to be until probably next week. Okay. But I can't start putting stuff together. I, I don't want to start chipping away at other pieces until I've got everything in hand when it's this car. There's a Honda Civic, like whatever. I just... Go get whatever. Yeah, I need. Don't take anything apart until you know you can yeah. replace it. But I it. took that charge pipe off, and the old paper gasket just tore apart, which oh, it should have. Half of it on one side, half on the other. Yep, exactly. The rest falls out. So you gotta, <laughs> yeah, I got to, I got to whittle that thing down. Um, but yeah, the Porsche. Far as I can tell, Porsche is the only place that you can get it. It's not expensive. I mean, whatever for a paper gasket, it was. It was like eighteen bucks or something like that. Yikes! Um, it's like literally just like like a an oval with two bolt holes. And that's it. it like, sounds it's like almost like a regular exhaust gasket. But it, yeah, it's, I don't know. it's not. It, yeah, it's not. But that's what you would think it would be. And I looked around, like, even like uh, FCP Euro didn't have it in some it other works. place. But so um, <laughs> I, I, I've got it on order. It will be here. So that's it. I've literally ordered parts and I'm just in a holding pattern mm. um, because I don't, I don't want to start tearing stuff apart if I can't get it put back together. Stuff, especially stuff like. Pull a valve cover, just like have the open valve train just chilling in my garage waiting for critters to set up shop. Or... Turn your car into an anchor. Yeah, exactly. Where it just sits there now. Yep. 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 Well, it kind of already is because I got the charge pipe yanked <laughs> right. off it. And so, True. like, if I needed to, I can cobble it back together and live with a minor intake leak, but I don't. Yeah. I have to get the parts coming. So, that's really all the progress I have made, Good. which is, is, is get parts on the way. So, I'm hoping they'll be here early next week. And then yeah. this, our next conversation will be about me doing like. Oh boy. Putting 1,200 miles on that car a weekend or something like that. How awesome would that be? Yeah, buddy. I got the new tires on it that I did a little bit ago, and those are, have no miles on them, and now I just got to get it to pass smog so I can tag it and tag it and bag it. That's it. A big hurdle to overcome sometimes, though. That is it. Where are you at? You doing, you doing suspension? Oh, yeah. and bits on this? So Miata suspension. So, you know, you start getting in there. You're like, oh, shocks are blown. Let me look at those. Oh, look out. We got a... We got control arms that are out. We got right. tie rod ends that are gone. We got, you know, sway bar end links that are rotted. When you start to dive into a higher mileage car, it just, the more you look, the more you find, right? And you're like, what, 230K on this? 230K, yeah. yeah. So it's worn. It's worn out pretty good suspension-wise. Uh, that's a big one. The ball joints are getting replaced at all four corners. 
Mm -hmm. uh, which I think was probably a bigger issue than anything else on the suspension, other than the shocks being blown. The back just walking around on you? Yeah, it's, it just it crashed over everything, and clearly none, there was no, no grease in any bushings. So all new bushings going in, cool. obviously. I went with the Kony STRs, which is like a street shock right. that can be used in conjunction with a mild lowering spring. So I've got the racing beat springs that I'm taking off the old shocks and putting on. So yeah, it's going to be a pretty, uh, it's not going to be a super firm ride. But the reason being is these cars are pretty firm from the factory. Right. And I'm going full racing beat tubular racing sway bars and end links. Sure. So I want it to be a little softly sprung, but the body roll will be very well controlled. Controlled body roll yeah. compliant. And new bushings Brands, throughout. Yeah. It's gonna be Struts. it's gonna feel amazing. Sweet. So, so it'll be a streetable car that you can performance drive in the canyons and feel very good. Brilliant. So yeah, I'm excited about that. That is a serious job. And a serious job right. gets more serious. Well, on a car with 230 on it, it's serious. Yeah, when you it have fused together and one of the upper strut, the top mount bolt got stuck in the upper strut okay. housing or the upper strut mount and boy. That sounds not frustrating. That yeah, no, totally it's like fun. it sounds like two hours of trying to get a really small Dremel cutting disc in there Ugh. and then using a hammer and chisel with a compressed spring on the strut already. Right. So, oh yeah. Boink. Super fun, making yeah. sure not to hammer too Potential hard. Potential decapitation. Yeah, yeah, good times. So that that was how that job goes. So we're going to finish doing that. We got we're going to like I said, overhaul the entire suspension. Sure. Uh, and then overhauling brakes and some other stuff on that Miata. So I don't play around. Everything's getting touched on this car. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to tear up some canyons because I got to let you drive it. Too, there you go. Miata always the answer. It is always the answer. And when it's well sorted, they are. There's nothing that compares. So. We have to get into that, and that's what's coming up. We still have the E30, which I plan this next week to jack up and actually get, jacked. get under there, get in there. Uh, and that's when I find a lot of things with cars, usually. Yes. So yeah. this car, the E30 had uh, handling, it gets around a corner pretty good because I think it's chassis. The chassis is amazing. Right. The chassis uh, hides a lot of flaws. But boy, there and it is. And the tires. If the new you, tires. If you change direction at any speed, it washes. The front end washes out incredibly easy. So I'm pretty sure the end links are gone. I'm going to say those are probably beyond perished. And I'm thinking uh, tie rods, at least on the driver's side, tie rod ends. But I'll, of course, look and see. And yeah. each, we're going to obviously fix that. That's safety stuff I always fix, whether it be brakes or yeah. tie rods. Yeah, that's kind of prerequisite. You know, Outer tie rods. Yeah. That, that car is eventually going to find a new home and want to make sure it's not like, you know, just... We don't want to kick the can down the road if you can just stress it. So yeah, and outer tie rods are like so risky. Like people don't look at their outer tie rods seriously enough. That's the only part of your 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 car's Connected suspension. Wheels yeah, to your, to your hands. You, when you lose a tie rod, if one of your tie rods comes loose or breaks, yeah. you are in a bad not, bad no situation. Bueno. Yeah. No bueno. So uh, I'll get cool. under there. I think I'm going to find some of that. To be honest, sure. Um, but that's coming up soon. So and we have a lot to do. Stay tuned. Time about water pump. All the other fun stuff on that Oof. E30. Yeah. Good yeah, times. I think that'll be, I think, I, you know, I don't think there's going to be any major surprises there. I, I think, you know, it's a pretty honest car. It's just, you know, it was sitting for a little bit. So it's just fun to be working on two cars from like the early nineties that are completely different too. two cars, one wrench. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's um, the after party. Exactly. Uh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Free soft serve. But so, it, well, we've got beers to finish and pizza to eat. So we're probably going to get to that. Um, much of the same, you know, tell, tell people about what we got going on here. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Um, I know we're, we're having a good time making it. Yeah. You know, that part's um, easy. That part's easy. Get to talk about cars. We'll keep the quiz thing going. I'm hoping within the next episode or two, um, we'll have some input from the peanut gallery and all the alls and, um, maybe have a name <laughs> for the, uh, the quizzing all over the place. And then we'll, we'll, we'll get that sorted out and then we'll 
we'll keep chugging. We'll keep doing. We'll keep getting some, some fun stuff out there. So. Absolutely. And thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we always enjoy your company. That's right. Follow along on the, uh, the, the YouTube experience with this if you haven't been doing so already. Um, pick us up at all the usual podcast spots. Yep. And that's it. That's it. We'll see you on the next episode, guys. Toodles. Take care. Deuces.